Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. This episode is brought to you by Prospect, the premier streetwear brand and sneaker boutique based in sunny San Diego, California. Home to a curated selection of classic footwear from brands like Asics, New Balance, Puma, Saucony, as well as local and globally known streetwear brands like Belief, Ellist, Rottweiler, Stussy, and more, not to mention their own Prospect label and the iconic Just a Kid from Dago collection. Sneaker and streetwear enthusiasts can experience Prospect's curated boutique through their online store, and now you, Sneaker History listeners, can get 10% off all orders from the Prospect website with the code HISTORY10. That's promo code HISTORY10 at prospectsd.com. That's P-R-S-P-C-T-S-D.com. Georgian trying to shake off starts. Oh, what a move! LeBron James with no regard for human life. Zero seconds. Bryant for the win. Iverson against Gill. The crowd on its feet. Allen for the win. Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingball. Got a special episode for you today uh, with two of my good friends in this sneaker space that are, uh, I would say, like doing some really interesting things, but more importantly, keeping keeping kicks clean, making sure that people have nice looking shoes on their feet. So I want to welcome Mario and Barry to the show. How you guys doing? Good, man. Thank you for having us on, Nick. Doing good. Thanks, Nick. Of course, of course. So if you're not familiar with sneaker history and this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I hope that we provide some entertainment, some knowledge, and uh, some resources for you. But I will say that both of these guys are a member of our Discord and uh, Patreon community where we're kind of – we've kind of built a nice little community. And I think that, like, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do with this is, like, get people on the podcast to talk about, you know, what they do in the sneaker world because not everything can be seen on Instagram. Not everything can be seen on YouTube. And I think that there's more community out there than is displayed on social media. So I want to have both Barry and and Mario on today because, and I'll let them get into their backgrounds, but like they both work on Cleaning shoes, restoring shoes, um, you know, like the passion for for sneakers runs deep. And I think that that's something that, you know, especially like if you listen to an episode that we talked uh, maybe a couple episodes back about the refurbished shoes at Nike. Right. It's a really interesting conversation to have now that Nike's in the business of refurbishing shoes, supposedly. So. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll toss it to you, Barry, like, let's, let's hear about you and Soulworks and, and, you know, tell us a little about yourself and how you got into sneakers and what you do now. Cool. Yeah. Um, so as far as when I got into sneakers, I mean, it's been years since I was a little kid, you know, I 
just went to a Catholic school and all of my classmates wore the same exact thing. And back in the the eighties, I mean, the one thing that separated you was your sneakers. I mean, that's the one piece of freedom that we could have to kind of express ourselves. So at a really young age, I started to notice some of the upgraders rocking like um, back then it was just the early Jordans, probably the threes, fours, um, Andre Agassi, Bo Jackson, David Robinson, you name it, that whole era. I mean, everyone would just try to wear a different pair of kicks to school. And um, I mean, my parents were buying me Payless shoes and, you know, the XJ 900s. So I, I didn't really have that luxury of being able to own a Nike sneaker at the time. Um, but I always obsessed over them. Um, I started drawing them, you know, noticing the technology and the just the wild, crazy colors that the shoes came in. And that's kind of how I got into it. Um, what I do now is I, I actually on the side, I'm doing um, sneaker cleaning and restoration. Um, we I got into it just really because I, I wanted to try to have a new skill or craft, um, you know, under my belt. Um, I, you know, am in the car scene. And, you know, I, I was buying and selling a lot of car parts before. And sometimes I realized all it would take was to just get a dirty part, clean it, take a good picture of it. And then I was able to, you know, flip it and make a little bit of cash or trade up to a part that I wanted even more. So um, I kind of applied that same method to sneakers. And, um, you know, I, I, I was buying cheap beat up Jordans and just was like, you know what, let me watch some YouTube and, you know, try to figure out if I could restore the sneakers and see how far I could get where I could either enjoy them myself or trade them out or sell them or, um, you know, the whole bit. So I started with that. And then uh, I hit a weird patch in my life where I, I needed um, to get some additional income uh, to supplement my day job. And so I said, you know what, let me let me start cleaning people's sneakers. Uh, and that's kind of how SoulWorks is born. Nice, nice. How about you, Mario? Uh, well, mine was kind of born out of necessity. You know, uh, first off, my name is Mario. I started Mario Restores in 2015. And it was literally because I wanted to be fresh on 4th of July, 2015. With this shoe right here. I got, there we go. We got a 2004 Olympic Air Jordan 7. And I thought I'd be cool and wear it on 4th of July. It was over 100 degrees. Very first time wearing it. I never took it out of the box. I opened it when I bought it, put it on the shelf. Didn't pay attention to it. 11 years later, oh, hey, I can wear it. No problem. Not really understanding that glue dries up and they're going to separate. So 30-minute car ride, my feet are cooking. And as soon as I get out of the car, I take a couple steps, and this happens. Yeah. It, was, it was bad. It was bad. Luckily, I had an extra pair of slides with me, so I took them off, threw the slides on, didn't worry about it. I got home. And I was just like, I got to get these fixed. I checked all of my older stuff. Most of it needed to be re-glued. So there was a local, uh, a local guy, he used to work at Kicks Unlimited. And 
I DM'd him and asked him, okay, how much is this going to cost? And he was asked me what my size was. And I was like, well, they're 16. And he was like, they're going to be a hundred bucks because of your size. And I was just like, I'm looking at my shoes. I'm just like, I don't have twelve, thirteen hundred dollars to just say, okay, let's re-glue all these right now. So my wife saw that I was frustrated about it and she said, Hey, why don't you just YouTube it? Figure out how to do it and just do it yourself. You'll save more money and it'll be fine. And I took the entire year to fully research it before I just jumped in. And I watched every video I could. And then 2016, like April, around there, I just started doing my own. Started cleaning a couple friends. That led to coworkers. Coworkers led to friends of friends of friends. And here I am today. It's it's so crazy because I feel like we're all kind of of that generation that as kids, we probably, we probably had that glue on hand. We had that pain on hand at some point along the way. Yeah. <laughs> and like now here it is like, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I've picked up stuff and, and you guys have been like, yo, we've got to be careful with that. And I'm like, oh, I, I, you know, this is all new world to me, but like, I'm like, I'm like curious yeah. about it. Cause I guess like also because I, I, on the same note as Barry, like, you know, like I come, you know, also from that car world where like I've done the same thing. You know, I've bought stuff and just yeah. put in the the elbow work or the, you know, elbow grease to, to get it to a point and and, you know, make money off of it. Sometimes it's not intended, but sometimes that's like the way you have to make a living. And I think right. that's, you know, that's kind of just an interesting kind of circling coming for a full circle for me, like as a kid, you know, because I definitely you know, my, my first pair of shoes, my first real pair of Nike airs was a, like an ultra force, like white gray and, and like a dark blue. And, yeah. you know, the only reason I got them is because I convinced my mom to pay for two years worth of shoes in one pair of shoes. And I had to wear mm -hmm. them for two years. So like the bubbles were popped. I was gluing the bottoms. I was, I was filling the air bubbles full of glue, trying to make like get the squeak <laughs> to go away. You yeah. know, I had, I had tried white out. I had tried the, the, what was the, I can't remember the, the old like foam, like it has a little push button the in the middle of the foam. sponge brush. Yeah. Little sponge brush thing. Oh yeah. 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 I still um, use that. <laughs> yeah. Kiwi. Kiwi. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. But so what, what, like, I guess what would be, what are some of the like challenges that you guys run into with like, whether it's the cleaning or the restoration, or I guess let's, let's back up a little bit and say like, what would you consider like cleaning work versus like restoration work versus like even customization work? Cause obviously there's, there's a lot of different ways that people refer to these things. And I'm really just hoping that we can kind of give people an idea of like maybe what they're asking for when they're reaching out to guys like you. That's a, that's yeah. actually, that's actually a very good question. And it kind of leads into one of the, one of the challenges as well is that when you say cleaning a shoe, it's such a broad term um, and how the client or the customer perceives it. Um, you know, a lot of times now people use Instagram to show before and after pictures 
and they'll show like a you know 19 or 2012 red four and it's got the cracked paint and it's yellowing on the gray area the midsole separating um the new buck is cracking you name it right that's the before picture um and i'm sure anyone that's listening to this podcast can relate to that shoe being in that condition um and then you you post the after picture and it looks like a you know fairly brand new you know very clean looking shoe Right. But I think the biggest struggle is trying to get people to understand the levels that goes into restoring that shoe. Um, I mean, taking uh, taking a Jason Mark kit and scrubbing it down is not going to fix the yellowing on the midsole or the outsole. It's not going to fix the cracking on the paint. Um, So I think that that's kind of one of the biggest challenges that I've seen. and and having to understand, you know, I guess it goes deeper into like when uh, Mario, I'm sure you you you've experienced this too, trying to figure out your pricing and your price sheet of what to charge people, um, and then getting them to understand that there's difference, there's different levels in in bringing a shoe back to life, and it's really up to up to the client and and what they want it to look like. Obviously, they want it to look like a brand new shoe. Everybody does. Um, yeah. But I think one of the challenges is getting them to understand, like, hey, I can't just like scrub this and magically make it look brand new again. Um, there's there's a lot of work being put into the into the into each job. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I do not think people really understand like the levels that we go through when we're cleaning, and it's just like, oh, well, they're just going to scrub it or dust it or take the dirt out of the soles, and like it'll be back no it won't <laughs> like it there's a lot of steps to it it's it's making sure you take the insole out whatever is crawling around inside there you get i've gotten a pair of shoes where the guy warmed to the beach he didn't tell me that but as soon as i took the sole out i got maybe two shots shot glasses worth of sand out of the shoe you know, it's just sometimes they people just hand, yeah. Sometimes people just hand shoes to you and just be like, bring them back, do whatever you got to do, bring them back. But then it's just like, okay, I'm gonna do that. You got to understand, there's a cost, and some people are really cool with it, and then some people are like, oh man, uh, I don't think I'm gonna do it. I'm like, all right, no problem. You know, I I take this serious. <laughs> you know, I I take. Clean cleaning shoes, I take it serious. Definitely. I, I also think too, like if you look at it, it, it depends on the sneaker. Like if you look at something like let's say an NMD, just a basic NMD, a lot of people yeah. nowadays, especially with all the content that's been put out there, they know that if you take that shoe and you throw it in the washer with some decent soap, you know, run it through a mild cycle and then let it air dry, the shoe's gonna look pretty close to new i wouldn't say dead stock but it's going to be pretty clean right so yeah. what they don't really see though is that if you don't scrub the shoe completely and just throw it in the washer you're still going to have dirt there even after the wash cycle is done if you don't oh, yeah. detail the sole you know the the boost is notorious for yellowing um staining if you stepped on things um and just having these wild weird like little nicks and stuff in it i mean if I throw the shoe in the washer and charge you 15 bucks to do that, it's going to come out 
then you're probably not going to be a hundred percent happy with it. Um, but then, you know, there's, there's more levels to it. Like what Mario was saying, you, you can go back and you can try to refurbish the boost, either unyellow it naturally or, uh, try to repaint it, uh, or customize it. You know, a lot, a lot I've had a lot of clients say, Hey, you know what? This boost is just like done. Can you do anything about it? And then, yeah, there's ways to paint it. You know, how long is it going to last? That's kind of a different story, but, um, I mean, it just takes a lot of uh, trial and error to kind of give people their options. Um, I know for me, you know, it started off with doing the easy stuff, the NMDs, the Ultra Boost. Um, and as I kind of progressed, I, I didn't progress intentionally because for me, when I started, when I decided, hey, you know what, I'm going to need this extra 15, 25, 30 bucks, you know, that I'm going to start charging people. I need it. So I, I was like, I'm going to keep it easy. I don't want to do bread fours and do repaints and midsole swaps or reglues because that's just a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of time to make the money I need to make right now. So I started with yeah. the easy stuff, right? I hit up my coworkers, yo, give me your ultra boost, give me your NMDs, got you guys where to work. So sure enough, I was knocking them out. And uh, I remember the first time it kind of sunk in where, you know, I, I was kind of scared, shaking a little bit was I had a Air Max, um, Air Max 90, but not the regular retro. It was like an ultra. And so it was like a hyperfuse overlay, not, not really plastic on top of the shoe. So I was like, oh, this is a piece of cake. Like the shoe's pretty clean. I'm going to throw it in the washer, close my eyes, make my 20 bucks and be done. Threw it in the washer. The infrared paint came off. The black paint came off. And I was like, damn, <laughs> I just screwed up this guy's shoe like completely. Um, he's probably going to listen to this too. His name's James. So thank you for understanding. So, you know, lesson learned. I, I was kind of shaken up after that, after I took him out of the washer. I was like, dude, I told myself I'm not going to paint anything. I'm not going to glue anything, but I just screwed up this guy's shoes. So what I do, I have to learn how to paint. And by the way, it has to look pretty close to dead stock because, you know, I just, you know, he's going to pay me for this. And so I hit up the, I hit up the customer immediately. I was like, yo, sorry, man. Like, this is what happened. I sent them pictures. Um, I was like, but I've already ordered the paint. So I'm going to take care of you. Um, thankfully the paint matched, you know, without having to do anything crazy. Um, and then I ended up just having to kind of wing it. And that was my first experience with like one messing up a shoe two being too confident about what I'm doing. And then three having to figure out, okay, if I mess something up, there's usually a way to repair it. And that kind of led to doing more things. So I started getting a little bit more confident in um, one, just taking on things I wasn't sure about completely uh, because then I figured, all right, let me just figure it out afterwards if I screw something up. Um, but two, just kind of understanding like, hey, I need to explain to the customer a little bit like this shoe has this material, this material, this material, and this material. This could happen, this could happen, this could happen, and this can happen. Um, and so that was a learning process in itself, trying to trying to get it. So was that cleaning job worth 20 bucks? Probably not, because I spent a good 12 hours trying to repair it, not to mention having to buy the paint and, you know, all that stuff. Um, but it was a lesson learned. So, I mean, the return on investment was good. And, that, and, and the fact that I kind of stumbled upon the fact that, hey, this isn't just scrubbing shoes and, and giving it back to them. There's a lot more, you know, at risk. Oh, yeah. um, but I'm also kind of, I'm also kind of stubborn in, in that, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about 
making the shoe look as good as possible. Um, and that's been, it's been kind of a catch 22 because a lot of hours, I know Mario, you know, this for sure. A lot of hours are uncounted for, right. I'm sure you've yes, spent sir. 24 hours on a project and you only got, you know, 25 bucks mm-hmm. back for it. But as long as you're happy and the customer is happy, that was kind of the biggest, biggest takeaway from yeah. that. Definitely. Yeah. Have you had, have you had similar experiences like that, Mario, where like you just, you know, a situation where it's like that, oh shit point where you're just like, okay, what's next? I, I did the worst thing possible that a lot of restores do in the beginning. And I drowned myself with customers. I took on too many projects at one time. And I took too many projects that I wasn't familiar with. And a lot of new restores do that because they just think, oh, I could get it done. I can knock it out. Oh, no problem. I could get it done. I can knock it out. Well, it's not that easy when you have a regular, regular job. You got a wife. You got two kids with sports and dance and school going. It's not that easy, you know, but I... I still have the shoe because I ended up having to buy it from the customer because it was a 99 uh, Griffey G6. And yeah, and he wanted it restored. And I said, no problem, I can do it. And he had already showed me that the midsole was crumbling and all that stuff. And I was like, all right, no problem. I can sole swap. It's cool. Little did I know that with every retro, Nike tweaks the the dimensions of the midsole and everything about the shoe just ever so slightly to where I went through three different donor soles out of my own pocket. I didn't charge a guy. So I'm at, I want to say I spent like 130 with three different shoes. Same size, size up or half size up, half size down. None of them worked at all. None of them worked. And I kept on trying to reason with the guy, letting him know throughout the entire process, hey, this is what's going on. I bought this donor. It doesn't work. Don't worry about it. You don't have to pay for it. But I'm just letting you know it's going to take more time. And time just started going and going and going. And he was getting upset. And I was just like, look, can I just buy it from you? Like we're at a loss because I can't, I, I just, I cannot find a donor where it, the, 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 the fitment's just going to be perfect. So I ended up shelling out 300 bucks and I have a Griffey G6 with no midsole just sitting on my, on my rack. <laughs> But, you know, lesson learned, and I don't drown myself no more. I don't take on projects to where I think I can do it. I take projects on where I know I can do it. I know I'm going to kill it. And the customer is going to be excited to get them back. So but that's a tip. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> just going to say, yeah. Do not, do not drown yourself. Give yourself time. Do what Barry did. Take the easy stuff first and just learn and grow from the beginning 
and you don't have to jump in like baby steps, man, until you get comfortable doing all the restores, doing all the repaints, knowing the difference between suede, new buck, durabuck, pebbled leather, like all these different materials on the shoes until you learn all that. Don't don't rush into it. Yeah, that that is probably baby steps is is. You know, I, I think nowadays a lot of people, you just like, you know, me and I know you too, Mario, and probably even you, Nick, like we watch YouTube videos and, you know, we watch like uh, Sneakerhead in the Bay and Hess Kicks and, and all the OG guys, you know, John Manalo, and, and we watch them and we're like, yeah. yo, I can do that. Like if they can do that, I can do that. And that's how, <laughs> and that's how we start, right? Um, but what we don't see is exactly what Mario said. You know, you will at some point uh, overwhelm yourself. You will at some point, take in too many projects or projects that you're just not, you know, well-versed enough with. And the struggle is that I, I look at sneaker restorers, sneaker, whether you're a clean cleaning guy, whether you're a custom guy, um, we're artists, right? So this is our craft and we're passionate about it. And if, you know, I know a lot of people just don't like putting stuff out there. If it's like half-assed, I don't like, I don't do this for the money. Um, I do it because I like to see the results that I've been able to accomplish. And, you know, I like to remember the process of like what it took to got to get there. Like when you guys invited me on to chat tonight, I was like, dude, it's been months since I've done anything with sneakers. Um, But I went back on my SoulWorks page today and I started looking and I was like, damn, those are some great times, you know? And, and some of it was just like, Hey, this, I knocked this one out of the park. Some of them is just like, dude, I screwed this one up really, but I fixed it. You know, and just kind of looking back at that track record, um, it makes me feel good. But as far as, yeah, taking in too many projects, that that is probably that can be your worst enemy. I mean, it's a it, it's a good thing to be busy. And I firmly believe that like you always want to be busy. Um, but time time management and just being able to say no. I think that's one of the things that I, yeah. I realized, um, not just from starting it off in my bathroom. Um, but moving into a shop and having a full blown workshop, um, and like whole retail thing going, I mean, it's super overwhelming. And I think the reason why is because where else do you go to get your shoes cleaned or restored? Like there's nowhere really. I mean, there's a lot of people on Instagram and YouTube that do it, but you can't just walk into a place and just say, drop off 10 pairs and say, Hey, let me, can you do this for me? So our DMs are constantly blowing up. Like I haven't done a restore in over six months and I just checked my DMs today and I apologize to everyone that I haven't gotten back to, but there's a ton of DMs in there and, you know, of people just asking for quotes. Um, and that just tells me that people are actively seeking it. So it's really tricky because I could easily just take all that and say, Hey, all right, I'm open now. Let me, let me do it. And then just drop it off. And then I'm going to end up with like 40 pairs of shoes that I can't handle as a one man. And most of the restorers yeah. and cleaners are just a one man operation, right? So it's it's real tough. Definitely. Real tough. Yeah. So so with with like when people are coming to you guys for cleanings, restores, whatever it is, what is like the best way or I guess what's like the most common question that you get? And like what is like the you know, how how do you how does that how how can we help set their expectations like in this conversation 
when they're reaching out to you like, hey, I got, you know, X amount of pairs or I've got this one, you know, G6 or, or whatever that is where it's like, you know, because I, I feel like I'm one of those people. I do the same, like, just like you said, Barry, like, uh, you know, I've got a garage full of YouTube videos that inspired me to start, but most of them are not finished projects. <laughs> so, like, I would do the same thing with sneakers, you know, and, and you know, like, I, I mean, Barry, you've you've helped me with some, some of this when, when I was down there in L.A. anyway, but, like, I just don't, like, personally, I don't feel confident in, like, cleaning a lot of the more nuanced materials, right? And I just don't want to mess something up that I might not be able to find again or something that, you know, even stuff that's not, like, necessarily rare, but, like, it's important enough to me that, like, hey, I waited so long to get this shoe. I want it to be, you know, I want it to look the best it can. So, like, what, what, I guess, like, what is that, like, kind of, if there's a default of, like, customers coming into you and asking questions, what is the most common question that you have and how can we kind of address that in, in like this conversation to help people understand maybe the difference between like, Hey, this is going to be a, a cleaning job, but like, you know, other than, other than, you know, like you mentioned the Jordan fours, but like, I know there's a lot of other elements to that, right? Like, you know, in terms of like what a restoration would be versus like, just like a simple cleaning and like, you know, the in and out process, I guess of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the DMs I get usually start out with, sup, bro, how much for a reglue? <laughs> mm -hmm. Or what's up? What's yes, up? How much to I, how much to repaint these? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I try to answer everyone. Everyone who sends a DM, I try to answer within that day. And I my response is the same for everyone. Hello, thank you for trying for contacting me. Can you please send me detailed photos and a description of what you would like done to your shoes? And I would be able to give you a rough estimate on the work. And that customers, future customers should approach restores, customizes, anything. Know what you want done. Just don't say, oh, hey, how much for a cleaning? Like, okay, what shoe is it? What if it's a certain shoe like an Olympic 7? What year is it? You know, is it an original? Is it a retro? Is it a newer retro? Like, I need to know these things. And it's just, okay. Do you need it by a certain time? Is it something I could put on the back burner that you're just not worried about, that you're not wearing, that it's already separated? Or if it's like, no, I need these done now. I need them in two days. Well, okay, that's fine. We can do it. It's just going to cost that a little bit more. But a detailed, detailed pictures and keep the pictures in the chat. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, don't let them keep them in the chat. Yeah, don't let okay? them disappear. <laughs> exactly detailed pictures and a description of what you want done that that will help out everyone i i've thought about um i thought about actually trying to create some type of either app or at least website that had like a detail form that you would just submit with pictures 
um, and that asked very clear questions. But the reality is most people are just hitting you up on Instagram saying, yo, how much for a reglue? Or they'll send yeah. you a bunch of pictures, but then their only description is how much. And I'm like, well, how much what? Are you trying to sell me the shoe? Do you want me to clean it? Like, what exactly do you want done? So I think, Mario, you hit the you hit the nail on the head, man. We just need details as far as, I mean, you could even go as far as, hey, what can I get done for this shoe for 20 bucks? You know what I mean? Because yeah. sometimes they're like, hey, I want this, this, and this. I want it to look BS, but then I'm only going to pay you 30. Well, sorry, but it's going to cost you like 150, yeah. you know? And by the way, your, your midsole is going to crumble after you wear it one time. So, I mean... There, there's, I guess it boils down to, and this, like, from the business side, it really, really, this is where I really had to plan because everyone has a different reason for wanting to get a shoe clean, whether it's for sanitary reasons, whether it's because their mom who passed away bought them those shoes and they, you know, they, they don't even fit them, but they just want to be able to have them and display them, or whether they got married in the shoe. I mean, I've had all kinds of different reasons, um, or if they just want, you know, they went to Coachella, trashed the shoes, and they just want them to look good again. Um, yeah. So everyone has a different reason. But then with that reason, there's also a budget of what they want to spend. I mean, if they have 10 pairs, do we hook them up? I mean, that was a big that was a big question that that was in my head. Like, should I discount you because you're giving me more shoes? Because I feel like most customers think, hey, you know. I can get a cell phone, buy one, get one free. Can I just get one cleaning and get another? No, it doesn't work that way because each project is going to require a certain level of attention and you can't discount your time. I think that's one of the biggest things um, that yeah. I learned doing it is that, you know, we, as much as we're passionate about bringing the shoes back to life, we can't cut ourselves short with the amount of time and, and uh, materials that we're putting into these things. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it when it comes to like, you know, like like the detailed photos and that kind of thinking of like setting, I guess, like setting the expectation for potential customers before they, you know, kind of hit you with this like meaningless messaging stuff, right? Because you know, like I think we all get enough of the the ridiculous spam on social media anyway like it's back it's it's even worse when it's like an actual human as opposed to some weird robot that's dming us you know um like what like i i would let's say on average what are the most common you know things that you guys do in terms of the cleaning and the restoration aspects and then like like what can people expect for, let's say, you know, that like entry level thing, right? Like Barry, the question you, or, you know, the suggestion you made about like, Hey, what can I get done for 20 bucks? Like, I think that's a really interesting thing. And like, let's maybe like think about like, what would like $50 do? What would $150 do? What, like, what would people, you know, what would the difference be in that? Because I think like, on top of, you know, just like not seeing it, obviously doing all this through, you know, social media changes so much about it anyway. But I feel like there's probably a lot of things that you guys see regularly that's just like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, of course, I've done this before. That'll take me this amount of time, which means it's going to cost this much and yada, yada, yada. So when um, when I was just pricing things out of when I first started and just pricing it out of my bathroom. Um, I was like, you know, 15 bucks, 25 bucks, 35 bucks. And then for a reglue, 60 bucks. Like that was my 
just whatever I can get with those. Like if it was just a scrub down and throw in the washer, I would charge 15 bucks for that. Take the laces off, take the insole out, um, you know, scrub the bottom, throw it in the washer or actually scrubbing with no washer was 15 bucks, putting it in the washer, taking the time to like have it dry and then detail it again. That was 25. And then I believe if it was like yellowing, um, and I needed to, you know, soul sauce it and kind of revive some of the yellowing or maybe just minor touch-ups and painting, then that would be, uh, 35 and then 60 bucks is what I was charging for like a full midsole repaint or like a, a, a glue. And that was just like, just what I spit off off the top of my head. So moving into a shop and getting not only a lot more shoes, but getting a lot more different types of projects, I completely had to rechange that structure because the pricing just didn't line up with the amount of time. And then my overhead cost at that point. Um, so obviously we had to um, raise the prices but with that raise, I had to be super detailed on the on the price sheet. Um, and what really worked was doing like an a la carte type menu. So let's say you give me your shoe and there's gum on the bottom or tree sap or something like that. You know, we would charge 10 bucks to remove all that. Right. And then if we wanted to scrub the upper the upper of the shoe, that's 15 bucks if it's leather. Um, it's 20 bucks if it's synthetic or like a like an ultra boost knit prime knit type material. Um and then if you wanted to touch up paint, you know, like let's say you have a newer Jordan four that just you, you, you gashed it and we needed to touch up just a little bit, not repaint the whole thing. You know, that's, that's an extra 15 to 20 bucks. Right. So then when you're adding all this together in your head, you get to this bundle and then you're, you're, you're trying to upsell to the bundle. The bundle would be, you know, whether it's 35 or 50 or whatever your price is for like your, let's say your, your premium detail or something like that. Um, so that's one thing that really helped me. Um, and then anything involving soul saucing and, and minor reglues, you know, that, that actually bumped up to a different category and then full repaints and, and, uh, you know, full reglues and things like that, that was kind of on the, on the high tier. So I think just having that little a la carte menu and showing people like, Hey, if you just want me to, if you want me to take, you know, uh, gum off the bottom of your shoe, it's 10 bucks. And then they're like, okay, well, that's, that's a lot of money to take gum off a shoe. But I mean, Mario, you can attest, it's not very easy to take gum off a shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> you know, not or tree, at all. tree sap, or I mean, I don't know what else. I've gotten, know. I've gotten feces, you know, I've gotten everything. And it's just not, it's oh, not yeah. an easy thing yeah. to handle, you know? Um, yeah, no, not at all. I've gotten the, the gum. I've gotten the, I've gotten the, the hot glue, I've gotten the tar, I've gotten blood, you know, I've gotten mm -hmm. throw up, like, they, they take time, you know, I'm not just gonna get like a big scrubber and get at it. I'm going to get a detailed picker and I'm gonna clean it to where it's gonna look like how it looked when you bought it out the box. Like, I'm not going to half-ass anything I do. And yes, it does take me time. But you want that. You want me to take time with your shoe. Because I'm going to get it looking back to dead stock. Like, it's... I don't... When I started this, I couldn't, like... I, I didn't think in my mind, oh, I'm just going to try to clean it just a little bit and just get them out the door. No, I want the person to feel, 
like they're getting a brand new pair of shoes when I give them back to them. So does it take a little time? Does it take extra coffee at two in the morning? Yeah, it does. Does it take a third coffee when I wake up at six or seven in the morning? Yeah, it does. But I, I love doing it. You know, so it's not like, oh man, I gotta get up and do all the. No, I love doing it, yeah. and I love, I love the reactions I get from, man, like, how did you do this? Like, damn, like people's reactions when I give them back their shoes, I, it just, I don't know, it just does something to me where it's just like, yeah, I did that, like I killed that, yeah, I did. So you're welcome. Here's your, here's your brand new pair of shoes, you know? (laughs) That's the best feeling. Um, Just knowing that, you know, that's your reward right there. I mean, they don't even have to say anything if just them looking at it and just looking like you can see that look in their face, like, wow, how did it, how did they even do this? You know, that's, that's probably one of the best feelings more than like, you know, if I get a hundred likes on Instagram, like I'd rather see the person's reaction. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've had it to where it was super emotional, even, you know, giving someone their shoe back and they're just like, oh, my gosh. And yeah. they're either in tears or just like super ecstatic. Um, you know, that's that's again, that's part of that's a big reason why we do this. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. I, I er, Early on, I uh, I did a pair of Timberlands where. His he had lost his friend that night. And. They were, you know, partying and all that stuff, but he lost his friend and he just had him in his closet for two years. And then he heard about me. He got him to me and he just he said there was just so much meaning. And that was his last bit, you know, just being with his boy. But they were water stained. There was alcohol all over it. And I was just like, all right, I got it. Don't worry about it. And it took me a little time, but I got him looking brand new. And when I gave him to him, he just like kind of paused when when I took him out the bag. And he was just like really happy, you know, like he just like kind of like felt complete again, you know, not not really like putting it on that level, but it was just like. It was something that just just tug at him. And I was like, I I didn't know the full story. But after he told me and I was just like, oh, wow, like it's crazy. But, you know, he was overly happy with how they came out and I was excited for him. And, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, Mario, um, I got a question for you, man. do you ever get it? It sounds it might this might sound kind of weird, um, but you know when we're when you're working on shoes because this has happened to me so many times where y- you may or may not know the the client, but you're cleaning them and you're just kind of wa- you're literally like walking their life at that point, like wondering like, hey, you know where do, what is what does it feel like to walk in this person's shoes? You're like you almost step in, you literally step into their shoes when you're restoring their shoe, just looking at little things like could be something as silly as like the dirt on the bottom. Like where the heck did they go? Like I've had, I had this one guy who was a, he was a hunter and he would hunt in off white. 
shoes. And I'm like, man, this guy's over here killing Buffalo, rocking some <laughs> Chicago ones, you know, or, That's a or like, flat. <laughs> but, but, but at the same time, it's like, even, even just like a basic NMD or something, like, do you ever feel like you're kind of thinking, like, I think about my clients sometimes it sounds weird, but I think about their life as I'm holding their shoe or restoring their shoe, just looking at different things. Like, you know, it could be something like the heel drag or. I don't know, like, or maybe how old the shoe is or how rare the shoe is thinking like, wow, they've actually really worn this pair. Um, do you ever get like that sometimes? Yes and no. I could, because I can't really like picture myself wearing their shoe because I wear a 16, <laughs> <Yes>. 17. So <laughs> all of the shoes, except, except for one, one pair of my friend, Dave, he has a 17. So he's the only one I can relate with. <laughs> you know, everyone else's shoes that I work on are smaller. So I can't I can't picture myself in them. But like uh what did I get? I got a pair of uh Yeezys, uh some cream Yeezys. And this girl messaged me from Texas and she had just went to Astro World mm. and completely muddy. Kim because <laughs> She just went crazy out there and she was all like, well, can you bring them back? And I said, okay. And I was just like, man, like she must've had a hell of a time <laughs> because there was not one shred of, oh man, that's cream. No, it was just <laughs> mud, just in and out and every little, it was, it was wild. But yeah, no, some, sometimes I'm just looking like, I appreciate that they wear the shoes, right. you know, like, yeah. but it's just like some is some just like me. I have like a rack in my room where it's just like, I've worn them maybe like 10 or 15 times and they just sit. So they come to me. Some of them had mold, you know, mm -hmm. because that's what happens when you just let them sit and, yeah. you know, and then some of them are just dusty or just old glue. And it's just like, all right, well, they're just like me, you know, they're just letting sit, sit and die, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a part of it. You know, they're sneakers. It's a part of it. Yeah. It, it is interesting though, because like you really are like, I, I like mentally going through like, you know, a handful of shoes that I'm like, Oh, you know what? I would, I would love to actually hang on to that shoe and have it be something that's wearable, right? Like there's, yeah. there's stories and memories attached to the shoes for me that, you know, oftentimes have nothing to do with sneakers, right? It's what I did in mm -hmm. those shoes that I'm, oh, yeah. that I'm hanging on to. Right. And it's like, for me being big into cars, like I can think of so many times where like I wore a pair of shoes to the track and like it rained and got muddy or like we camped at the track and it just like somehow like they just got destroyed. And like, unless I have like a poster or a t-shirt from that event, that might be the only thing that I really have to like trigger that memory for me. So it's a, it's yeah. an interesting kind of thought to, to or interesting place for you guys to be in that where like, you're kind of like keeping those memories alive for people in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. There's going to be those ones where it's like, you know, cool. Just need my NMDs freshened up kind of moments. But I yeah. think there's probably <laughs> more and more of the, nostalgia in play the astro world you know being a great example right like 
that's going to be something that that girl hangs on to for the rest of her life. She's never going to forget that experience. And like yeah. now she's at least able to like wear those shoes still, you know? Um, yeah. So one of the <laughs> things I wanted to ask about in terms of like, let's like thinking of like the restoration and whether that's re-glue or, you know, swapping midsoles on or whatever that is, is it easier for you guys to have somebody bring donor shoes or bring, you know, things to you, or is it better for you to, you know, like, let's say for me personally, like I've got a couple of pairs of Jordan threes from the early two thousands that absolutely should be restored at some point. They're both completely destroyed, crumbling tabs are gone, but like, I'm sure if I pulled them out of the box right now and compared them to a newer version that I have, I'd be way more impressed with the leather from those earlier pairs than I would be like, right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm one of those weird guys that actually looks at the Jordan three and thinks that's my rain shoe because like that plastic leather that they used for a few years there was almost as yeah. indestructible as foam posits. So it was like, Hey, yeah. you know, like that works for me. But like, I guess like for, for people that are thinking about doing something a little bit more in depth, like what, what's the best approach for them to, you know, asking you guys for, for help with it. Like, should they go out and, you know, hunt down those, those, you know, donor pairs, midsoles, et cetera, first, or should they talk to you guys about it ahead of time? I think, I think talking to us ahead of time is probably the best strategy. Um, I mean, Mario, Mario mentioned earlier about the Ken Griffey and the differences in the years, um, you know, with the midsoles, I've had people bring me uh, Jordan 11s for reglue uh, same original sole, you know, let's say like 2000 Space Jams, I think it was the pair. It was the same sole, same size. It came from the shoe, but the, the midsole had shrunk. So there's no way I was going to get that thing back onto the shoe. Um, so it was a little bit of trial and error uh, to figure out what years fit. Because, I mean, you have 09 Space Jams, you have the 2016 Space Jams, um, and then you have a bunch of other Jordan 11, you know, Jordan Futures. Um yeah. And I, I, I think just kind of leaving that part of it up to us, um, it, it's just it's like taking your car to a mechanic, right? You always have the option to buy your parts first and then bring it to the mechanic and say, hey, can you install this stuff? And they're either going to say, oh, yeah, sure. Or they're going to say, no, that's cheap stuff. I don't want it to break. And then it comes back on me. So let me get my own stuff from my own, you know, wholesaler or whatever. Hmm. Um, that's kind of what I that and we sometimes we don't know until we have the shoe in our hand how to even instruct them, um, you know, as far as getting the right donor or, or, or heel yeah. tab or things like that. Yeah, no, it, uh, it would help out a lot if customers brought donors, it would, it would really help out a lot because it's just like, Oh, well, I need donors. Well, okay. Are you going to get them or do you need me to look for them? You know? And it's just like, okay, it's taking time out of my day because I'm not just doing eBay. I'm looking at Goat. I'm looking at Kixify. I'm looking at Poshmark. I'm looking at OfferUp. I'm looking at Facebook Marketplace. I'm taking time out of my day to try to find a donor for the customer. And it's just like, okay, so you can either buy it, have it, and be ready to go as soon as you bring me your shoes. Or I, when I talk to my customer, I say, or I can just search for it, pay for it, 
and I'll just put that in your end cost. And some people are cool with it, you know, but some people are just like, no, I only want to stay at a certain budget and I'll just find it on my own. All right, no problem. You know, but it's just, it would be better <laughs> if customers just, oh yeah, I got donors, don't worry about it, it's, it's cool. But some people just don't know what to look for. You know, there's, it's not as easy as saying donor midsole eBay search. Like it's, it's not that easy, you know, cause it, there's certain ways to work around eBay and keywords that you use and define what you really need in a donor and people who are not really into sneakers don't know how to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. What are the most common uh, requests that you guys get? Is it, you know, I think of like, you know, we've talked about a lot of different shoes and, you know, like ranging from like the NMDs type of thing to, you know, the Griffey G6, but like, you know, like there's, there's, I would assume as like, someone just like watching the internet or whatever, watching sneakers that it's the same is like, I guess that it's the same kind of as like uh, whatever's trendy right now, or is it, or is it a lot of like, oh. do you get a lot more variation? I, well, around here, <laughs> it's Jordan 11s for reglues and to clean the mesh. And Jordan 3s, Jordan 4s for repaints. <laughs> That's a lot of the DMs I get and some of the work I've done. It's it's a lot of that. Some, you get a lot of, oh, I need my soul's ice. And that, well, yeah, that that's, it's the repaints, the icing of the soles, and the reglets on Jordan 11s. That's, um, for me, it's kind of, you get what you put out. Um, so it got kind of tricky, but I kind of learned that I can almost control the projects I get by the media or by the content that I put out on social media. Um, blindly though, Mario, you're a hundred percent correct. It's Jordan 11s, reglues, mesh cleaning, patent leather, freshening up, so on and so forth. Oh yeah. Um, Jordan, Jordan threes and fours, you know, anything from countdown pack to 2012. You know, just straight like paint chipping, paint cracking, tabs breaking. Like that's just that's a given. Um, but yeah. when I was doing a lot of the off white shoes, I mean, I would get you know the next week I would get a bunch of off white shoes in the in the shop. Uh, when I was doing yeah. the, it wasn't so much cleaning, but when the shattered backboard threes came out, um, you know the the shiny mesh, and I was matting them out. I mean, I literally did like ten or fifteen of those within the span of like you know was it like three weeks to a month when that shoe dropped oh, wow. um so yeah. and and then it started to click in my head where when i started to get overwhelmed i'm like you know what i would tell i would tell my partners like yo i'm not posting any threes or fours because the minute i i post that i'm i'm working on a three <laughs> or four it's dead like i'm done i'm gonna get like 10 yeah, restores yeah. this week so i started to just post oh, yeah. yeezys you know because yeezys are a lot easier to clean um ultra boost yeah. and things like that so i was kind of playing playing the customers a little bit in a sense but i mean as far as what we naturally get it's always jordan 11s jordan 3s and 4s i would say those 
you would think it's what people are wearing, but realistically, it's it's those those three shoes is probably what I got the most right. of. Interesting. Definitely. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a cool way to be able to manage your your time though. You know, like I I think like that's kind of a just being a smart business person. You know, like if you can see that, it gives you the you know the opportunity to like you know almost just throttle the 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 incoming projects without having to turn anything down. And I think that's better for the the customer experience anyway. So it's like you know in the long run that's probably the best thing. Um, so I guess like thinking about like restorations or, you know, let's say somebody is, is after a very particular shoe and, you know, I don't know, like, let's just go back to the G6, right? The old Griffey stuff, like a lot of that stuff has not come back. It's hard to find, you know? Yeah. And, yes. and so for people that are looking to like kind of, I guess carry on that that legacy and memory of of whatever that shoe is. What would you suggest for them in terms of like seeking out pairs for that and to have them restored or to you know are there any things that whether it's materials or you know even like cushioning technologies that are just like yeah that stuff is just not coming back ever. You might as well just kiss it goodbye and you know put it on the wall and forget about it. Like, what are some of the things well, that you would suggest for those kind of like consumers that are looking to have something restored like that? Well, I've been looking into hybrid swaps mm-hmm. where I've seen a lot of pages. I, I don't recall their names right now, but there's like one or two pages I, I follow where I'm seeing some really clean work and I want to try doing it. And I know a lot of the default soles they use come from the Mike Trout series. And that's like a perfect fit for the older Griffies, the older Nomos, the older Kenny Loftons, you know, some of those older silhouettes where they're just beat to the ground you get a good Mike Trout with, and most of them come with a translucent sole. So you could dye it or do whatever you want to it. But that I've seen that that works a lot. And that's, I'm working on something. I'm not going to say what it is, (laughs) but I'm working on, I'm working on a couple of projects where it, there's going to be a hybrid swap going and it's going to be pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, at some point you're going to have a shoe that is just, you know, like the soles never kind of come out again. So your option is to either a display it as is with a crumbled sole in like a box or something and just, you know, keep it for that memory or B if it's one that, you know, you'd actually like to enjoy and wear again. I mean, maybe look into a hybrid swap. I mean, I've seen some really clean, like, you know, just, Air Maxes, you know, you can almost take any Air Max upper and and mat any Air Max, you know, tooling on the bottom and it'll look great. I mean, for the most part, I mean, we've seen plenty of examples that Nike's actually released, but, um, you know, I've seen a lot of a lot of customizers and restorers pull off some like really dope stuff. Um, yeah. And the end result is that you have a shoe that is it went from being something 
you know, that you really like to something that not only do you like, but now you're the only one that has it. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's definitely if the customers are, when the customers are just down and they're open, I mean, that's, that's kind of the best kind of customers I've had. Like, yo, yeah. here's this shoe, do whatever you want to do, charge me however much you want to charge me and take how long, however yeah. long you want to take, you know, that's always the best scenario. I mean, obviously it doesn't always work out like that, but as a creative person, yeah. if you have that freedom, like that's going to be some of your best work. Cause when I look at back at some of the stuff I've done and, it's always been those situations where I've had that freedom to just do whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. To do, to do whatever. And yeah, don't worry about it. I don't have a time limit. Yeah. Just get it done and get it to me when you get it done. Exactly. That's the best. <laughs> That's the best. When you, when you have that time just to, okay, I'm going to attack this and I'm going to just go full throttle. And you and you just know, okay, I don't have to have this done by the weekend. Right. You're you're more in tune to give it that extra TLC and make sure you kill it for the person because they're just like, hey, I know you got a lot going on, so don't worry about it. Just get it done when you can get it done. That makes me just want to make it exactly brand new out the box. Exactly. So, just having that confidence, like, I know you're going to, I know what you're going to do with it. So take your time doing it and get it back to me. I love that. Yeah. I, I think that's the biggest thing, like for, for clients and customers and, and people that are looking to get things restored. Like, yeah, you guys got to realize like people that do restorations that they're artists. And if you give them that freedom, they will take it and they'll run with it. And you'll, you'll be, you know, just really happy with the results. I, I guarantee it. Uh -huh. Um, you know, most, most of the people that I've engaged with that are, that are doing cleanings and restorations, it's a very small, it, it seems like there's thousands of us out there, but the group is very small and, and they're tight knit. I mean, regardless if you're in this country or in another country, like we all know each other to, to, to a certain extent, yeah. whether they're like yeah, a big perfect. YouTuber or like someone that just started, uh, it's a super small community. Um, yeah, and so we and we're all you know as far as the people that I've engaged with, I haven't yet met someone that just does it to like make money off of it. Um, they all have you know a pretty high level of of creativity and a pretty high level of uh, uh, being super OCD in how their work turns out. So yeah, yeah. So, so both you guys do or like have done like do. Just in-person type stuff, or do you do like you know stuff where like people are sending you stuff in the mail? Also, uh, I've I've gotten both. You know, I've I've like I've said, I've gotten the Texas stuff. I've gotten stuff from Canada, from Oregon. You know, it's most of the time just getting mailed in if it's local, and I know the person. You could meet me at my my location <laughs> that, that I have for, for meetups. If it's someone I know personally or that I've done an, enough work with where I feel comfortable and just, dude, pull up to the house. Yeah, Like, I'm right around the corner. Just yeah. give me a call when you get here. Or give me a text. I'll go outside and, you know, we'll do that. But, yeah, it's... That's just how I do it. 
for for me fortunately you know when i was at the shop um i had enough walk-in and just referral business to not have to deal with um shipping um we did do shipping a little bit but the issue with that is kind of the same issue you know it's it's more of a retail facing business so i felt like i didn't want to be responsible if like let's say someone shipped me a shoe and it got lost in in the transaction um and then just having to ship the shoe back to them and then worry about that transaction um so i kind of avoided shipping um but you know it, i think the next time around when i start up again it's I'll, i'm going to be open to pretty much anything and just take the proper precautions and disclosures yeah. to protect myself and to protect the client um you know, I have enough experience with it to know, hey, you know, that might not be the best idea to just, you know, shove it in there and give it to the mailman, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, I mean, I think it also depends on the job, too. If it's a bigger job, yeah, shipping is definitely the way to go because you might be the only person close to them that can do it, you know, if even if you're, yeah. you know, in a different state, so. Yeah, and if you're, if you're like, kind of, like, sketched out on it, just... I'll just pay that little bit more for insurance mm -hmm. and just let them know what it, what the shipping cost is and say, Hey, this is how I'm going to do it. And, and you got to say that up front. It's just like, all right, customer, you're going to pay shipping both ways and put insurance on it. Because if anything happens, you're going to get your money back regardless of, you know, stolen damage, whatever, yep. just so we're clear on that. And that helps out a lot. It puts, me at ease it puts the customer at ease and we just keep it going <laughs> yep yeah all right so we're, we're we're getting close to wrapping up here but i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of put you guys on the spot since you guys are subject matter experts here for for the people that are listening and watching so what are i'll i'll i'll, I'll flex a little bit on this but what are two <laughs> or three tips that you would give to the do-it-yourselfer at home that just wants to like freshen up a pair or, you know, maybe if they're feeling adventurous, throw a little paint on the midsole of those fours or whatever, what would be your tips for them kind of starting out at home? If the, if they want to try to get into this whole world, I would say be fearless. I mean, if you have a shoe that's already damaged in some sort of way, I mean, what can, you know, just, just do it. And, and, you know, take from my experience, you know, if you mess something up, just take a deep breath, calm down a little bit, maybe set the shoe aside and go back and, and, you know, redo the process. Um, there's enough information out there and there's a, there's, there's enough people out there that you could just simply DM. I mean, you can DM me and just say, I'm, don't even ask me for a quote, just say, Hey, how would you approach this? I mean, that's kind of the thing that I learned and that's how I progressed is, is not from not always from making mistakes and, and fixing them myself. It's from the plethora of knowledge that's out there, whether it's YouTube or just shooting a DM to like myself, Mario, or any, any, any person on Instagram, I guarantee you, if you DM a restorer, they will, if they're, you know, if they're able to respond, they'll give you tips. I mean, I haven't met anyone yet. That's like super shady on, how to approach Boom. a certain material. There's a few, but Boom. I, yeah. Boom. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a few people that just might not want to be willing to share their secrets, but for the most part, um, especially for the hobbyist, we're just, 
we're people just like you, you know, at one point we didn't know what to do. And we either got the information from someone else or we looked it up on YouTube and it was already there. Um, but be fearless that that's kind of what it, that, that would be my best advice. Yeah. Mine's along the same line. Just do the research. Like mm -hmm. Barry said, there's so much information out there already. Like you don't need to be in Facebook group saying, Oh, how do I get the stain out? Like YouTube it. And if you can't find the answer through YouTube, then just start asking people, DMing different restores on Instagram. And most of the time you're going to get a response and it's going to help you out. You know, that that's how I started out. I needed help on how to prep a foam posit properly because I was going from an all white foam posit and I was blacking it out. But I did not want to do it half-assed. So I asked around at first, no responses. And then I finally got a response from my guy, John. He goes by Stain by Stats on Instagram. That's my Yoda. <laughs> that, that is my guy. He just, he broke it down step by step on what I needed to do. And I was willing to pay him for his knowledge and his time that he took to help me out. And he was all like, no, dude, don't worry about it. Just when someone asks you, spread the knowledge. And that's what I do. Ever, ever since he told me that, and he just said, just whenever someone asks you something, just let them know what's up. And whenever I get a question or a, or a response from a comment, either in a Facebook group I'm in or one of my posts or a DM, I'm, I have no problem helping him. You know, I have no problem helping with whatever little, oh, here's a link to a video that I watched over and over and over until I got it. Or, hey, I know exactly the problem you're going through right now. I already know what to do. Let me handle something real quick. And then I'll just just load the entire comment section and I'll just give you the knowledge, you know, because understand something restores. You cannot clean everyone's shoes. You cannot restore everyone's shoes. There are enough shoes for everyone to eat in, <laughs> in this game. Okay. You know, there, there's more than enough shoes out there. Okay. I see I see a lot of that going on where it's just like, oh, no, I'm not going to tell them my secret. I'm going to corner the market. Like, what for? There's, there's no need for it. Like, eventually, the answer is going to be found out. And if I do, I'm blasting it. I'm letting everyone know how to do it. You I know? Can. Yeah. But I, that's just me. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I, think, I think that's great great advice for anybody though i mean th those are the i mean that's that's sneaker history in a nutshell so like that's basically what we do this for i mean uh i think that you know that's the beauty of the time that we live in right like it, it's all out there somewhere it's just a matter of finding it and and working on it until you you know become a, a master of your craft so um I guess like Definitely. last last thing makes let's let's let everybody know where they can find you guys, follow you guys, connect with you guys on uh, social. 
my uh, Instagram, my personal Instagram is probably the one that I'm most active on. So uh, if you guys want to follow me or hit me up, it's at first one, V-E-R-S-E-O-N-E. If you guys want to see sneaker restorations, um, start following me. I I am getting back in the game. I haven't really officially announced anything, uh, but it's going to happen soon. Mario, we just had this conversation the other day, so I'm super excited. Um, follow me at soulworks underscore. So that that's where you guys can find me. And you can reach me at Mario restores on Instagram. I have a Facebook. It's private. If you find me, you find me. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to be going hard into customs this year. I told myself that at the beginning of the year and it's happening. I just got done with a big custom these past couple days, and I'm going to be doing an even bigger golf custom in the coming weeks. Fire. Nice. But, Looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. Cool. Definitely. Going to be big. Going to be big. You may not like the team <laughs> it, it's based on, but you're going to love the work. All right. All right. We'll, we'll be looking forward to it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the guys on the podcast is going to love the team. (laughs) I just can't say who. Yeah. I I feel like I already know. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, this has been awesome. It's it's been fun catching up. I think you guys shared a wealth of knowledge. I hope that people can take this and, and, you know, run on their own and and start their own thing and, and connect with you guys as they need to. And hopefully they learned a little bit about like how they can approach either getting their shoes cleaned up or restored or whatnot. So I appreciate you guys for taking the time. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, whether you're watching, listening, wherever you're at. Uh, You know, I I think I speak for all the guys here, all the guys on the podcast with me regularly. I just really appreciate that you guys take the time and, and, and tune in with us because we know there's a million people that want to be in your ear every day, every week. And I'm just, I'm honestly blessed to be one of those people that you give the time to. So thank you very much. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace out guys. Hey y'all Nick Ingvall here. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the sneaker history podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a portion of your week hanging with us. And if there are any ways that we can improve the podcast for you, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory and join us for as little as five bucks a month. That also gets you access to our Discord group, which is a lot of fun. Also, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We just started uploading our videos there now, so you can watch the video version of the pod and a lot more. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. It's a small gesture that can go a really long way to making somebody's day a little bit better. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.